Hello and a big Christmas welcome to the 125th episode of the Holtcast. As usual, I'm James Rushton, once again joined by Danny Raza. How's it going, mate? All right, mate. Happy holidays, Christmas, Merry Christmas, all of that, you know. Uh, it is, of course, the... Well, it's not really a Christmas special. Uh, this is that little podcast that we've got in between the Boxing Day match and, of course, our last game. Um, and obviously... Uh, you know, we we want to do a little bit of a preview, don't you, for uh, for Boxing Day because we don't want to leave you without some content. Don't want to leave you hanging. Um, Villa didn't give us much to go on in the last match, though, did they? Um, before we get into any preview work, Danny, we have to uh, sum up what happened in the last game. 2-2 against Sheffield United. Villa took the lead with two goals in the first 10 minutes. Disaster struck as they uh, quickly conceded to. After 2-2, it finished. Um, it all had all the action in the first half. Uh, some dodgy refereeing decisions on both sides. Uh, some Dangerous mistakes at the back, um, especially. And uh, Villa, the better team throughout, but couldn't really do anything. Well, I don't know about, you know, not being able to do anything. I, th- I think, you know, it was another case of we had Keenan Davis up there. We had a hold-up striker who uh, was, was was trying to create some opportunities. And we did in the first part of the game, didn't we? But I think what happened was we obviously gave Sheffield United a, an opportunity to, to take some more control during the game. Um well and truly, we had most of the possession, but th- there is a question to be asked about what is going wrong up front that basically causes us to shut down once a team starts, you know, um, once a team basically organises their defence up properly. Um, it was a shame as well because the first two goals obviously were scored. We They were well earned. You know, it was it was good to see as well. Uh, 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 in fact, two set pieces really. If you want to count the penalty as a as a set piece, it was good to see a goal coming from a from a from a set piece in terms of the corner to Jedinak. But then, of course, we were punished because we played a midfielder out of position in central defence. This is actually something which has caused a lot of questions on Twitter and a lot of argument amongst Aston Villa fans on Twitter. Uh, the whole. Uh, issue of whose fault those defensive errors were with uh, Jedinak, of course, you know, being directly at fault for the goals that Sheffield United scored. Yeah, I mean, it comes as no surprise that Miller Jedinak, he's playing at centre-back. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about he's got the right attributes to be a centre-back. You know, Steve Bruce has uh, ch- picked him as a fourth choice. He said he's the fourth choice centre-back after Chris Samba. You know, we have Mila Jedinak and he's falling in line. We need the fourth choice centre-back and that's Mila Jedinak because that, that's Bruce's plan. It's not like this situation hasn't been planned for, um, but he was caught out. Clayton Donaldson especially had a hell of a game yesterday and former Blues man really did make an impression. And I think, you know, you have to take your hat off. That's brilliant centre-forward play from him. He absolutely murdered Jedinak on occasions. Two goals. Per- be- beautiful finishing as well. Um, Sheffield United didn't have any real quality chances and they put two beautiful chances away and they shouldn't have been back in the game. Villa should have pulled it away. It's 2-0 up. Clayton Donaldson stole the win from while well, the yeah, draw even. You, you say that, but this was all in the first 20 to 25 minutes, wasn't it? It's not like it's not like we didn't have the rest of the game to keep on playing as we were and and and, and sort of rescue um, rescue the points. So it's not really an excuse. Was if you're scoring a couple of goals in the f- first ten or fifteen minutes, you're still expected to to you know carry on later on during the game. Uh, obviously, the first one was a penalty, and the second one uh, was a set piece. There's got to be questions asked as to you know how um, how we're not creating enough in terms of. Um, in terms of up front. And I think the issue really does lie in the striker at the moment. Um, Grealish, for me, 
played very well, did very well in comparison to to Onoma, um, who's been playing in the same position over the last few games. I think Adoma, Grealish and Snodgrass is a good way to go. Uh, but then with Keenan Davis up top, what what he kind of lacks is he doesn't seem to be running into the positions. He doesn't seem to be running ahead of the ahead of the defense, which is what Clayton Donaldson essentially did um, for Sheffield United that, that that helped him so much yesterday. Our man Alex Carson on Twitter said, "All you have to do to play against Villa is uh, kick it over the top." Because <laughs> we are we are incredibly bad at defending right now, and it's not necessarily a case of you know we are, we do we are missing John Terry, we are missing Chris Samba, but still. Ball over the top, it's route one, it's plain basic defending. That's the one thing we should be capable of dealing with under any circumstance. And and this is a point we always go on, me and you always go on about how good Villa have looked, but and people would and people do say, you know, oh, I hate Villa sitting back. When they don't sit back, this is what happens. You know, the ball they're playing a high line, the kid the ball gets booted over the top, it's game over. Well, no, yeah, but the thing is I haven't seen I haven't seen that happen much with Samba. Yeah, and and like you know the thing. Well, the thing is, Jedinak Jedinak playing at centre back. I heard people saying on Twitter yesterday, and I, you know it's a very valid point. It's a very valid point. It is basic defending. Just because he's a midfielder doesn't mean he should be excused. Um, you know, he he should be able to watch the striker. ETC, ETC. That's fair enough. You know, yeah, it, it is basic. But then you're you're asking a central midfielder to do something for 90 minutes that they're not used to. You know, centre-backs have to have an immense amount of focus all throughout the game to watch that shoulder, to watch a player getting ahead of them. When you're playing in Jedinak's position in central midfield, all you really need to do, you know, when when, when a player is running at you is sort of put them off, you know, let them run into a direction um, where somebody else can 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 pick them off, you know, if worse comes to worse. When you're playing at centre-back, you are that last port of call. Once the striker is ahead of you, once the striker has gone over your shoulder, that's it, mate, right? It's only the keeper left, really, who can do anything about it. But when, when you're one-on-one with the goalkeeper, you're always going to trust the striker to score. And unfortunately, it just happened too many times for Jedinak yesterday. Yes, he's good at heading the ball. Yes, he's good on his feet. Yes, he can tackle. But man marking, that kind of thing is something which is very, very natural to a centre-back. And I think Steve Bruce has been very, very ignorant of that fact. And really, as as poor as Tommy Elphick has played for us over the last couple of years, and Richie Delate as well, as 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 much as he's been out of it, you know, playing Jedinak almost seems like a, an excuse for him not to have to play him in central midfield. That's what it comes across as to me. Steve Bruce is trying to play all of his players um, who he wants to play, basically, and just stuff them onto the pitch. You know, we do have uh, problems in the middle of the park because it looks like Conor Hurahan and Glenn Whelan, they're getting stuck in the mud a little bit. Um, Jack Grealish, a breath of fresh air completely, as you've said, um, able to, you know, run into channels, make those smart runs over the top, able to play balls across the park. He's really coming into his own. The problem is we seem to have two central midfielders who are really getting stuck in a five out of 10 performance. Um, Conor Hurahan hasn't been the same um, since he his role was changed after he scored a hat-trick and uh, Glenn Whelan, as is is here and there. Um, sometimes he'll put in a solid performance, and you won't hear off him. Other times he will go missing, um, like he did against uh, Sheffield United. Do you know what? Actually, I have to disagree with you, James. I thought I thought Hurahan played very well yesterday. I thought he linked up very well with with both Adoma and Grealish. Um, I thought he did his job as a playmaker, uh, you know, rather rather acceptably. Uh, I, I I didn't think he he had a poor game at all. Um, do you know what's interesting is I'm looking at who scored. Yeah, you know, the, the the statistics website. 
They've had, of course, yeah. They they have both Whelan and Hurahan down at six point nine, Grealish down at six point three, which makes me wonder what what um you know how it's how it's sort of judged. But yeah, no, for what it's worth, I thought I thought Hurahan had a good game yesterday. I don't think the midfield was the problem, honestly. I I really don't. Um, I I I think Davis playing up top on his own without another striker. I think that's that's the real issue when it comes to um potency up front. Yeah, maybe we need to make a change because Davis doesn't. There's not many problems with Davis. Keenan Davis is an exceptional talent and exceptional striker at this level. Um, he's not scoring the goals, but he makes the team work. Um, unfortunately, can't really do that if he's the only person there. Um, he does need foil to play off against that. That certainly could come in the form of Scott Hogan. We got there's going to be rotation. There has to be rotation in next. Uh, we got a, 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 we're going to get spammed games coming up and we you know there's games within two day break especially the one on the 30th and new year problems that's when problems happen mate well yeah we can't we can't decide on a on a first team that can work how are we going to decide on a on a on, on a team on a rotational basis <laughs> so this is this is the this is the difficulty over here i think steve bruce just needs to if he's talking about being about going back to basics right don't drop. I mean, I think they need to drop Jedinak, you know, and possibly don't drop him out of him playing poorly. Drop him out of the fact he's not a centre back and pick somebody to put in, play in that position. I've been saying it for a long time. If Samba and Terry aren't available, we are absolutely. Do you know what? We're spoiled for choice at centre back. If I'm totally honest with you, we've still got Delat. We've still got. Um, I mean, we're not spoiled for choice right now because because of the injuries, obviously. But we've still got Delat. We've still got. Uh, Tommy Elphick, who can come in, you know. Obviously, it's not ideal, but it's 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 it, it's fine, you know. Tommy Elphick has been promoted out of the championship before. I'm sure he can get himself together now that he's actually got a midfield in front of him, which isn't gonna, you know, um, make him make him prone to attack all the time throughout a game. You know, at least we get we establish some sort of control over over possession these days. But I just I'm just not liking I'm just not liking the whole square pegs and round holes thing you know I'm really not and it, it didn't work it didn't work when we were playing with I'm I'm trying to remember when when was the last time he did it yeah Onoma last week it didn't happen with Onoma last week and it didn't happen with Jedinak this week you know uh he's played Samba up front that's the only time I've ever seen it work if I'm totally honest with you Steve Bruce is he doing a good enough job for you mate um I mean we're in this weird paradox where Villa are both doing okay and doing really bad from what we've expected. I guess it's a, a judge of our expectations versus reality. It doesn't seem to be going as well as we'd hoped, but on the face of it, on you know the proof of the pudding stuff on the table, things don't aren't as bad as they seem, maybe. Listen, it's a tough old season. It's a tough old season, but but when, when we've gone three or four games without a win, we have to start questioning what's going wrong. And when I say questioning what's going wrong, I don't mean question the management. I don't mean question whether or not Steve Bruce is the right man for the job. Look, they've they've seen that there's something up. So this week, Villa have gone out and they've hired Steve Agnew. I'm not so I'm not 100 percent sure how that will help, but clearly there's an active, you know, there's an active understanding here that there needs to be an improvement in the coaching, which is fair enough. Um, but you know, I think it's it's okay to sit here and and sort of criticize Steve Bruce for match day decisions because there's there, there, there's clearly some um what's the word questionable questionable decisions being made when it comes to that team sheet and we can't sit here and pretend we know as much as the manager but yeah you have to wonder what some of the other players have to do to to get a chance in this team it is. It's quite strange how things are unfolding because 
it doesn't certainly to me it looks like Steve Bruce isn't making the best out of his team and we saw that when we went on the winning streak and we kind of stuck to the same team every week and now things are kind of falling apart we're trying our best to stick to the same team um we said it would happen yeah we're not even seeing Berkey to be honest and Scott Hogan being played correctly Scott Hogan comes on with 10 minutes ago and he's just the ball's just booted at him and we can say all we want about how you know he has one chance and he fucks it up he hasn't been given a good sample size of play he's been put on in the crap situation with 10 minutes ago and he's gonna cock it up of course he is and i think we take far too much away from scott hogan especially on twitter yeah yeah and, oh yeah no twitter's just twitter's Twitter awful sometimes yeah. you know after 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 a after a game you know i i almost you know what? i i i tweet during the game right out of frustration right because i need somewhere to to healthily get my frustration out you know when 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 i see some when i see chances cocked up but then after the game you just get a load of arguments and, and things and it's like you know i don't mind debate but then sometimes it gets to a point where you know none, none of this is really helping you know fans going against each other you know coming out and slating the manager blah 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 right it happens too much on twitter we don't know the full story half the time i think Somebody like Scott Hogan, when he comes on and, as you say, misses a couple of chances, you have to think about it in the bigger picture. This guy is not being given 90 minutes. Steve Bruce is coming out and making ludicrous statements on a on a weekly basis about how it's Scott Hogan's last chance. You know, what what kind of pressure is that to put on somebody who's, who's, who's struggling to finish in these last 20 minutes or whenever he's brought on? No, what you do is you play Scott Hogan and you play to his strength because whilst Davis... Yeah, you know, has that hold up play, brings other players into into position. He doesn't get in those positions to finish. At least that's what Scott Hogan does in the first place. And you know full well that with a striker like that, once they get underway, you don't stop him. They will start scoring. Yeah, you don't stop him. And um, we've got major problems with how we perceive Scott Hogan, especially with the sample size of play that we have. Twenty five minutes is not a lot of time to score goals. You know what I mean? We did see four within half an hour um, yesterday when Sheffield United came to town. But the thing is, you know, we see Jonathan Codger and Albert Adoma score two or three per match with ninety minutes under their belt. Twenty five minutes is nothing, especially when the game's winding down. It's just. Uh, the way we perceive Scott Hogan's look, clearly it's not working out for him here, but that's not on him. I mean, he hasn't played to the best of his abilities, but we haven't given him the platform to do so. He hasn't started. Yeah, but well, this is it, right? Can you imagine England lining up with Jamie Vardy up front on his own? No, you wouldn't. I mean, that's what that's what that's one thing we've done with Scott Hogan. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? Though you, you, you don't you don't just throw him up there and lump the ball at him. You know, Leicester don't do that with Jamie Vardy. I'm, I'm using Jamie Vardy because he's the most, he's he's the most like you know similar player I can think of to him, right? You you, you don't play that way with him. Arsenal don't do that with Lacazette. Do you know what I mean? You've got to play to his strengths, and and you can't you, you can't say that he's a he's a poor striker when 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 we're hoofing the ball up at him and playing the same way we would do if Gestede was still here. I mean, we can only defend Scott Hogan to a certain point, but honestly, if I'm him, I'm fucking pissed off at this club and the way they've just used me. Um, we've bought him for no reason. He's joined the club. Yeah, he's getting paid well. He's getting compensated well, but that's not going to be good enough when you know he's playing for fucking QPR next year. It's just... Yeah, my man's an Irish international, isn't he? Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's what, that's where he should be playing. He should be playing, on, you should play, be playing for Ireland, right? You should be doing what got him picked in the first place. You know, and that's not that's that's not on him at the moment at Villa because each of those players, right? Scott, you know, Scott Hogan, Ross McCormack, 
Jonathan Codger. Each of these players have all done well at everywhere they have been, apart from at Aston Villa. And you have to question why that is. Sorry, Jonathan Codger has done, fair enough. Right, but you know, a lot of these strikers done well wherever they've gone to. What why, why isn't it working at Villa? Does that mean that each of these guys just happen to be, you know, chugging along in their career and somehow fluking it every single season? Or does it mean that there's a fundamental problem with how we play football at this club and a fundamental problem as to, you know, the tactics that are put out on game day when they start? That's just the question. I don't even know our style of football, mate. Um, if you were to say, tell me, um, try and tell me what we played. Um, when I'm watching the match, it looks like we, we do play possession. We do like to hold on to the ball, but we kind of kick it around and lump it, which is really, it's really kind of a mixture of this direct German style of football and all, almost this Barcelona style where we're playing it back. We're trying to open a space and we'll just go, oh, fuck it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll kick it really, really hard into the, onto the flank. Do you know what, right? I think... When Kodja was, was 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 playing until he got injured, we had we had a bit of a style of football going on. You know, we 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 did have that direct we did have that direct play. Oh no, we weren't direct. Sorry, we did have that that sort of play where you know we 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 used the wings a lot and kind of you know ran at defenders. And I did I did like that. You know, we we did have a good sort of counter attacking uh, presence about us. But I think now that now that Davis has had a good run of games without doing incredibly well. Like I don't want to, I don't want to say that I don't want to say anything too negative about the guy because he's still young, right? He shouldn't be expected to be doing any better than he's doing right now, right? He's he's doing fine, right? Fair play to him, but Scott Hogan has not been given that same amount of leeway, and he hasn't been given anywhere near that amount of leeway. And I think at this point, when we're not scoring enough goals and we're not doing enough up front, Steve Bruce needs to think about this. And think, hang on a second, do I go with the youngster who might do well, you know, and might be under pressure? Or do I go with the seasoned, experienced lower league striker who has scored goals everywhere he has gone and just hope it comes, you know, ho- hope it comes back to him? Because that's that's what I think the real question is. And for me, now that Scott Hogan's fit, it's a no-brainer. Hogan needs to play. I personally would consider next game going 4-4-2, playing Grealish on the left, a Doma or Snodgrass on the right and sticking Davis up there with Hogan. Let that work if you really want to insist on playing Davis. No problems with that in my eyes, mate. Um, what I'm more worried about is there is literally zero scenario in which Bruce, Steve Bruce stays as manager now. At the end of the season, you know, we are not getting automatic promotion. The run we have to go on to get automatic promotion is insane. We need about 90 points. That means losing about three or two games for the rest of the season. Can you even see that happening? No, no. you can't. And if, if we go into playoffs, mate, we aren't the team that can win a street fight against any of those clubs. Derby, Bristol City, nah. Ain't having it. There's no way Steve Bruce stays at the end of the season. So this this is a whole exercise in futility, mate. The entire thing. And I'm, this is not a negative talk. This is not a negative. This is just realistic because no matter how good we do, we finish third. That's excellent. We don't win the playoffs. He's gone. Do you know what's funny? I think actually in the playoffs, I think we'd do it because there's there's not like it's not like there's no talent in this side. It's just that sometimes they selectively turn up, don't they? And I, I feel like. I, well, uh, it, it does always it does tend, seem to depend on what what Steve Bruce does. But if by the end of the season, we've got everybody fit. Uh, I, I would absolutely back them to to win the playoffs. Um, but we shouldn't have to be thinking about it. You know, this this is a side that should be up there looking towards the the automatic promotion spot. And we were. And over the last three or four games, we've let it split, uh, we've let it slip. Um, 
I don't think that we need to go on that kind of a run, if I'm totally honest with you, but it does need to come to a point where we're making winning a norm. And that has to be that has to be the only way. I'm not sure what how much of a difference January is going to be the way that we are playing, but it feels again like we're going through the motions. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I think really, if by the end of the season, uh, Steve Bruce hasn't got us promoted, then we need to consider getting a new manager in. Up until that point, there's no point. There's no point. You know, there's no point talking about it, um, really, unless we drop out of the automatic promotion player uh, positions and end up sort of mid-table tailing off. That's the only time I'd consider talking about Steve Bruce Cleaving. I mean, we aren't that far from doing that, Daniel. I mean, Ipswich Town are on 35 points, Fulham 32, Brentford 31, Nottingham Forest 31, we're on 38. You keep stalling, you don't get that engine started. These teams catch up overtaking, you're looking at 14th within two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 get, I get that, but you, you have to understand that we're... I think we're we're being a little bit too idealistic. You've got to remember that right now we're a team with a main striker out and John Terry out. You know, our captain and basically the, the leader for this season um, has been out as well. You know, we, we, we have had issues. We've had injury problems. You know, we, we have, we've been playing. In fact, this whole season we've been playing without our full squad. Only now have we had Jack Grealish come back into it as well. You know, they, they, it's, we, we, it has not been ideal for us whatsoever. You even had a run of games with Alan Hutton playing left back. We have to understand that the circumstances aren't ideal. And I know it's frustrating, but there's no point sitting here and pretending that we should be doing, you know, as well as a team like Wolverhampton Wanderers right now. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. We have to say that it's not all doom and gloom. Villa do have some sort of injury crisis going on. I'm missing key positions, but we also have the one of the biggest squads in the championship, one of the most talented squads in the championship, and one where we've got like three players for every position. And um, we seem to just be a side that is just constantly making its own problems, regardless of the injuries. You know, Miss John Terry, Miss Chris Samba, there's ways to deal with that. And uh, we aren't dealing with anything no. quite well at the moment. We, we, it frustrates me how every single problem, regardless of the injuries, that is something we make. We have the ability to create chances. We have the ability to score goals and we have the ability to defend one. We can't do a single one of those things. And it is incredibly frustrating when teams like Bristol City, Derby County and Leeds United begin to piss this league now and just run away with it. Yeah, that you know that, that is true, isn't it? It just, it just seems, yeah, as you say, you know, it seems like we're making a mountain out of a mold at half time. Yeah. Uh, John Terry and Samba being injured shouldn't be a shouldn't be a, a cause to panic. It should be a, all right. We've got Elphick, you know, we stick him in, kind of job. Do you know what I mean? It, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that difficult. Jonathan Codger getting injured. Oh, all right, no problem. We had Scott Hogan. Scott Hogan scored x many goals last season. Might as well stick him up front. Let's adjust our play a little bit. You know, it's it's not it's not rocket science, is it? It's not rocket science, and you have to wonder whether Steve Bruce is maybe just a little bit easily manipulated, or just. I don't know. I, I I think I think to to some degree I feel like Steve Bruce is a bit of a walkover. I, I don't I don't I don't like saying it like that, but it's it seems to me like he's just he's trying to play the safest possible side for him to for him to play without getting criticised. Um, but he almost is kind of doing it doing the exact opposite of that. No, I get that. I get that completely. What well, this villa team remind me of, mate is um, 
for those who know me, you know, I've most of my family support Manchester United being from Manchester. Um, it's just my dad's side that are kind of from Birmingham and, you know, my grandparents who are from Birmingham. So I followed Manchester United as well. And uh, when they hired Louis van Aar, it was, it's exactly like Villa. It's just, it seems like this is a side f- just constantly giving instructions. There's just too much, too much focus on tactics the tactical mentality. There's too much instruction, I feel. <laughs> Every single role is intricately, you know, it's championship football. It's not a crap league. But let's just, if every player is just told too much, it's overloads. And that's the problem with Lou Van Aal's Manchester United is I was just yeah, told yeah, yeah, too much. And that's the same thing I'm seeing with this team. It's just soulless bland, relying on the plan working. And when the plan fails and when you have injuries, it's just, there's just nothing Listen, there. You don't want to get me in an argument about the Louis van Gaal situation because I will absolutely like, I, I will, I will disagree with you to the, to the nth degree. So let's not get into that. Right. But, but <laughs> I'll take him at Aston Villa just because of his re- revenge mission to make a club bigger than Manchester United. In England. Oh, I'll, I, take I'll take that in seconds, but it's just, <laughs> it's just, that I know same, what you're saying, though. that's, it's not that he's bad or his Manchester United were bad. It was just, that they, you know, they were full of instruction all the time. You know, they couldn't, there was no, there was no room for any flair or any individuality in the team because, you know, they had to perform to that role to a T because it was planned out. Louis van Aal's a manager will make a 60-minute spreadsheet for each match. Yeah, yeah, I do know, I do know <laughs> what you mean, mate. Yeah, the, the pro- Steve Bruce is similar to that in the sense that he will, on a fact that he does the same thing. So he will fill out the role like to a T. And there's no, you know, we have players like Albert Adome, you have Kodja Snogras, you have these players who are, you know, they're incredible, incredible flair players, incredible tricksters. And it's just bogged down. It's just getting too bogged down. It's either that or it's the complete opposite. You know, it's it's a case of extremes. It's either he's not doing it. It's not, it's, the case is, what I'm from, what I've seen in Villa, it's either he's doing too much or he's doing nothing at all. And either of those are terrible. I'd certainly take doing too much over doing nothing at all. But they have the same results. Do you mate. reckon our pre-game team talks are just a long PowerPoint presentation? I, I, don't, I, I fucking hope I, I want them to be to be honest but um, as I've said you know you can but you can instruct your team too much football is not a hard game unless you're Pep Guardiola where you're obsessed with everything and you can craft brilliance then you know you're, you're not in a position to to do that yeah but Steve Bruce isn't Pep Guardiola exactly he's not in a position where he can do that it's simple it's championship football you can make the plan you've got the team do it Simple. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I've got to agree with you. Then again, we aren't we are managers at all, are we? That's no, we're not. Um, mate, enough about Sheffield United. I know it was it wasn't good enough for either of us. That's you know we are we're not totally. Ha- it's a point. I'm happy with that, but I'm not totally happy with um, shedding the two goal lead. Um, any final thoughts on that? Well, the Sheffield United game. Yeah, I have to say, really, that you know, I said what I said what I said last week about the fact that Sheffield United were in such poor form. Um, it was awful, man. I think really we we should have absolutely hammered them. Um, especially in the position that we were in, two 0 up. You you just you don't let those things go. Um, especially not with the players that we've got in the side. Funnily enough, obviously Jedinak scored the header, which is fair enough. But if we'd had a proper centre back there, I don't think we would have capitulated like that. And uh, it's just a real shame to see see that blown. It just seems like we can't get a win out of anywhere. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to say about that. We were 2-0 up, should have won the game. No reason why we shouldn't have. We were the better team. Sheffield United were an awful form. Um, um, yeah, no real excuse for it. No, crap. Uh, second draw of the season for them. First one against Blues, mate. So uh, they come to Birmingham and uh, they settle for the draw. <laughs> you know, it's sure. obvious. Sure. Um, 
Two matches coming up. Uh, one on Boxing Day, the 26th. That's on TV. That's a late one as well. It's a uh, half seven odd. That is against uh, Brentford. Dean Smith, uh, Villa fan, and his Brentford team. Um, same time as last season, if I, I remember correctly. And we got trounced by him. Yeah, no, Brentford are a good side. Uh, they were obviously they they were a much better side with the with the last manager in Mark Warburton, obviously. And um, since then, you know, they they haven't really hit the same heights as they had them before. But there's some really exciting players in that team. Um, luckily, we won't have to deal with uh, with Rico Henry. Um, he's injured. Obviously, Del Scott. And Alan Judge also injured as well for them. Um, it looks like they won't play. They actually had a striker come back as well last Friday in uh, Lasse Viva. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. And guess what? He, ret- he, he notched twice. He scored two goals. Um, so I can I can see him playing. Um, a lot of ex-Warsaw Wolf, players in this team, which is funny as well. So um, Romain Sawyers being one of them. Uh, he's an exciting Yeah, Dean Smith um, used to manage Warsaw. Well, there you go. Is it? I, I didn't realise that. Well, I know. I knew Dean Smith... Managed Warsaw, I just didn't put the two of them together. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Makes sense now. Relying on Rico Henry and Romain Sawyers uh, to uh, doing that Black Country Pride. Yeah, mate. exactly, man. But um, the real danger, man, is uh, Ollie Watkins, isn't it? Yes, of course. No question. Yeah. Left, left-sided midfielder. Been in banging form this season. Um, and I think he's going to really cause some trouble for uh, El Mohamedy if he does play, obviously. Um, possibility he plays Dilat. Because we, we we did see him give him a run out as a substitute, uh, but yeah, Ollie Watkins just scored seven goals and uh, three assists this season, um, and he's just twenty one years old as well. So I can see him getting notched up by somebody in the Premier League at some point. Ollie Watkins, a name to watch, mate. But what I want to hear from you is your predictions. Okay, um, so Brentford, obviously in some good form, uh, picking up the points last week. Um, I'm saying last week, this week, obviously. Um, yeah, obviously, Brentford are in good form, and I have to kind of consider that uh, you know that 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 victory is going to give them something. We, on the other hand, you know, last four games haven't been able to pluck a win out of it. Uh, Brentford, on the other hand, have, have had two wins in those last four games. Um, I have to say, us being away on Boxing Day at Brentford, this is my first ever prediction for a defeat. Um, this is quite bad, really. I should be thinking about us getting a draw, but away. Um, at, at Brentford, I'm going to go with the one nil Brentford victory. I just, I've got a feeling we're going to shut down totally. Uh, I think Jedinak's going to start a centre back again. I think we're going to struggle to score goals. I think Brentford will just do the simple things right, just like they have been recently. And I think we're we're not going to do too well, mind you. It is Christmas, so if I'm going to come with a positive, if Steve Bruce does decide to play Scott Hogan, I reckon he'll bang in too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come with two little I'm gonna come with two little predictions over there. If Scott Hogan doesn't play, we're losing one nil. If uh, he does play, I think we're gonna we're gonna win two nil. I'm banking, mate. That's a, that's where a smile on my face. I was hoping I didn't have to follow up with more negativity because I think it's gonna be a loss. Um, Brentford are a team that are due for turning over a team like Villa. They're a team that is quali- they're constantly quality and it's just not matched by the league position because they are they are doing well. Just things aren't really working for them. Whereas a Villa are kind of up there, but things. You know, on the pitch, you can clearly see that they shouldn't be this high. And Brentford, I think, is 2-1. Mate, it's on TV. It's at their end. They're due for a big win. Dean Smith, Villa fan, will do whatever it takes to uh, prove that he should have been chosen for the job when we were looking for manager, you know, on the cards. You know what what the other thing is, right? Here's an interesting one. Being the away team on Boxing Day is a major disadvantage because you've just had to miss Christmas with your family. That's a good point. That's That's another... That's a really good point. 
So, you know, there, there's that. <laughs> I don't know if I should really factor it in, but I've never, I've never really thought about it. Uh, Frank Lampard, I think, once gave an interview about how difficult it was doing that. It's, um, it is difficult being the away team anyway, except if you're going to Villa Park. For whatever reason, it's not been really great at home this season. Um, but the, you know, when you're the away team, it's against you, man. You're the you're the, the invaders. You're the intruders. Yeah, definitely, man. I think you know. I think with it being Boxing Day as well, and I think the fact that we're, we're gonna struggle regardless. I think this needs to be if we're gonna play counter attack. You know, I, I, we're gonna play counter attack away. We need some pace in that team, and I think we're gonna need to play Greedish. Definitely needs to play. I think we need to play El Mahamedi uh, personally, um, and I think we we really need to give the game to Scott Hogan. Because this game is absolutely made for him. And dare I say it, maybe even Gabby. <laughs> yeah. Dare I say it. Well, you have to rotate. Dare I you say have it. to rotate. That If Steve Bruce doesn't rotate, he's a fucking imbecile. Oh, jeez, man. Merry Christmas. Yeah, sorry, mate. If you, you know, <laughs> go get that kebab down and enjoy your Christmas with Alex. You know, chill out. It's fine. But if you're going to, you know, if you're going to play players in two games in three days, you're going to get an injury. You, you bring that on yourself. That's that's yeah, you know, definitely. Um, mate, thank you for the Brentford stuff. Uh, moving on to Middlesbrough Saturday the thirtieth. So, uh, you know, <laughs> the matches are picking up now. Um, Saturday the thirtieth against Middlesbrough away up there, and uh, three o'clock kick off. Um, but yeah, what Middlesbrough just sacked Gary Monk as well. So uh, now nah, we'll beat them. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. Pressures, pressures on Middlesbrough. I'm totally honest with you. As, as you know, I know we've got pressure on ourselves, but um, yeah, pressures on Middlesbrough. They won't get a manager sorted by then. You know, it's Christmas. Nobody's getting a call. Nobody's going to a job interview at this point in time, are they? Let's be honest. Maybe Wednesday, Thursday, um, they'll, they'll be conducting some of them. Manager's probably going to be Tony Pulis. Uh, that's that's what's being talked about at the moment. Might change over the next week or so. Um, if it is Tony Pulis, all the more reason why we should beat them. Uh, but I think we'll, uh, I think we'll beat Middlesbrough. Uh, they, like I say, poor form. I had somebody message me on Twitter. No, dear, oh, what was it? No, no, tweet me on Twitter today, um, saying, "Can we have Albert Adoma back? You can have Albert Adoma back, um, but uh, he'll be playing for us and he'll be scoring two goals against you." That's uh, that's my prediction. We'll beat Middlesbrough next week. If we lose to Brentford, this is our bounce back. Yeah, Middlesbrough, da- obviously a danger. Adama Traore, the uh, football statistician's favourite footballer, because he's probably he's apparently one of the best dribblers that's ever existed of the football. It's a shame he doesn't actually do anything with it, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's, he's a good player. He's done really well for us. He's been standout, man. I'm absolutely saying, you know, he's good football. And, you know, the, stat- the, the numbers back it up. He's one of the best dribblers of the football that's ever existed. But he doesn't do anything with it when he's uh, at the end. Um, his decision making in the final third is incredibly poor. And uh, yeah, if he actually if he actually starts to get that together, he'll be a real danger. But um, yeah, his finishing has yeah. been great. He's been he's he scored eleven goals this season. You're, you're having a laugh. You're not. You're lying. Yeah, he scored eleven. Yeah, I don't. Wait, look, 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 let, me, let me let me let me back this up. Right, okay, right. Give me two seconds. Right, I know this doesn't make good radio. Right, but um, let me let me, let me bash this into the old computer. Uh, no, uh, no Christmas break for for the internet. Um, yeah, eleven goals in the championship from sixteen starts. Yeah, <laughs> one goal in the League Cup, zero assists. <laughs> Where are you getting this from? Where are you getting this from? Are you sure you're looking at his starts? He's only played twelve games this season. Oh, he scored. He's played sixteen games this season, mate. Where Where are you getting your stats from? 
Where are you getting your syndrome on getting one for transfer market? Are you looking at the other? You're looking at the other Adama Chore for sure. You're looking at the one who plays for in Monaco. Do you know what? I thought we were talking about Albert Adoma. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've just been going on about it. Giza. I'm talking about Albert Adoma, mate. Listen, I got confused, right? Because we swapped the two players, right? Okay, I, absolutely, okay. I absolutely agree with you about Adama Traore, though. Rewind. Adama Traore, <laughs> just a quick rewind, you know, go back. Adama Traore is one of the best dribblers of the football that's ever existed, but he's done nothing with it. There we go. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Step forward. Two assists, 12 games, nothing from him. Nothing at all. Um, Britta Sambalonga, more of a danger. Uh, yeah, Middlesbrough don't impress me much at all. And, you know, under their manager, they sacked him. Gary Monkey's gone. So uh, we've got to turn him over. Uh, yeah, I just want to make a point on, on um, Adama Traore. Um, I absolutely loved him at Villa and I was devastated when he left because I, I seriously have not seen a better, play, a better dribbler play for us before. His crosses as well weren't bad, but we had, you know, little Jordan Ayew playing up front who just wasn't going to connect with them. Um, and I really wanted to see Gastede playing with him as well, um, which, you know, is obviously a possibility now that they're at Middlesbrough. But, you know, the, his, his, his stats were ridiculous when he was at, when he was at Barcelona. And I genuinely just think the guy was, um, the, the, the guys had a bit of a, had a bit of an issue because he's ended up playing for the two teams, which have been awful over the last couple of years and ended up getting themselves relegated. It was linked to Chelsea not too long ago as well. Uh, Will he skin Neil Taylor? I think to some degree there is the chance of that happening. Um, but he's also the kind of player which doesn't seem to turn up when he doesn't feel like it. And I think with the manager sacked, yeah, I can't see Middlesbrough turning up. Yeah, no, me at all. Um, Adama Traore is certainly one to worry about. But yeah, again, last you know, last time I played this, he got sent off within five minutes of the game uh, being played. So... I'm not impressed at all, but then again, that's on him. And uh, I'm sure he'll probably turn it around now. But man, my prediction, Middlesbrough, it's going to be a 1 0 win for Villa. It's going to be a stodgy game. Yeah, stodgy game as well. Yeah, it'll be stodgy, but we, we, we will be the team that comes comes out on top. We'll be, we won't even play amazingly well, but we'll, we'll break them down. Um, I think, I think that's, uh, that's the way I see that going. Um, I was just wondering, actually. No, you know what? This is this is going to go off on too much of a tangent. I'm not going to I'm not going to ask this question. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Middlesbrough, uh, Middlesbrough just won't turn up next week. Maybe they'll have Pulis in place though. Yeah, which which will mean that you know we'll just score one less goal. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, any final thoughts on that today? Nah, you know what? Right, Villa might have lost yesterday, but it's Christmas. You know, don't uh, don't 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 get too bogged down on on it. You know, instead of tweeting about Villa, tweet about uh. The East Enders Christmas special, you know, yeah, just uh, spend time with your family. Yeah, chill out, man. You know, it's uh, it's not been, it's not been a great December, but t- please, somebody, if 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 you know one, if you know one, right, over the last like ten or twenty years, right, tweet us, you know, at seventy five hundred to halt or to our personal twitters, uh, tweet us and tell me when was the last time we actually had a good December. It's never happened. It's just, it's just a Villa thing. We don't do well in December. We'll be back up to it next next January. All of the players will have their New Year's resolutions sorted, you know, and um, we'll be get, we'll be bringing in another striker. I'm sure of that. So uh, let's not let's not get too bogged down on it. Uh, if there is an improvement to happen, it's not going to happen over Christmas. 
It's not been a December to remember at all, but yeah, um, I remember your Twitter handle, mate. Derek Trazer, give him a follow, um, talk to him about Villa and all sorts. You do talk about a lot of things on that account, don't you? Mate, I don't I, th- I don't know what my what my account is at the moment. I, I kind of like took a break from tweeting about football for the last month or so since I finished my TV show. Um, and it should be back up to back up to running order next next month. Um, but at the moment, it's kind of varies from from vague fo- vague comments on football and videos of me dabbing to sad music um yeah i've seen that i've seen that yeah i'm not quite sure what it <laughs> is at the moment it's going through a transitional period oh yeah i'm i mean i'd like to thank you as well for being the co-host of the whole cast for the last uh, few months or so because it has been a it has been excellent having you along for this villa journey and uh i think next time we podcast it'll either be at the end of the year or just starting the, the year so I think this is our 2017, mate. Hang on, let me have a quick look at the calendar. No, mate, we've got one. We've got one next week. We've got one next week. Okay, we can do one next week. We'll, we'll fit one in before the end of the year. We'll fit one in before the end of the year. But it's been a good year. Um, thank you to Ronson Brown, everyone who's been on Jack Grimsey, Ellis, anyone who's been on the Holtcast uh, over the past few few months while we started the season. And uh, thanks to the, obviously the man over there, Danny. No, thanks, James, for inviting me on. It's it's good to be uh, good to be talking Villa. I think one of my uh, one of my uh, goals was to get onto a Villa podcast, and it's uh, it's good to be doing that. Good to be talking about Villa on a on a weekly basis. And I think all. Also, it's worth thanking all of the listeners as well to, you know, keep on, keep on listening, of course, keep subscribed. And in fact, tell everybody about this Villa podcast as well, because we've got big plans for 2018. Me and me and James have been talking about things we're going to do. Um, and also, when you tweet in, when you follow us, when you like and retweet everything that we do on the 7500 to Holt account, it helps us in a big, big way. And we enjoy it. We enjoy the uh, we, we enjoy the interaction. So thanks to all of you who have been getting involved in in that way as well. Yeah, and thanks. And we'll catch you after our next few games. Uh, again, wrapping them up in, in, in our style. So yeah, see you later. Goodbye.